It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brings you interviews with some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. It's our goal to educate and empower you so you can live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. We have another great show for you today. According to today's guest, Gretchen Rubin, by answering one question, how do I better respond to expectations? We can gain self-knowledge that can help us make better decisions, meet deadlines, reduce stress, and engage more effectively with others. Gretchen believes that people fit into four tendencies, that our tendency shapes every aspect of our behavior, and when we unlock this information, we can better understand ourselves and those around us. Gretchen is the author of the New York Times bestsellers, Better Than Before, The Happiness Project, and Happier at Home. She is a member of Oprah's Super Soul 100 and has appeared on the Today Show, The Talk, and Own. Her new book is The Four Tendencies, The Indispensable Personality Profiles That Reveal How to Make Your Life Better and Other People's Lives Better Too. Welcome, Gretchen. Thanks for joining us. I'm so happy to be talking to you today. Well, Gretchen, you believe that people fit into four tendencies and that our tendency shapes every aspect of our behavior. How did you come to this conclusion? Um, you know, it was a very inconspicuous moment of my life. I was having lunch with a friend, and uh, my sister Alyssa says I'm kind of a happiness bully. <laughs> and I was quizzing my friend about her habits and her happiness. And she said to me something that many people had said something similar. But for some reason, when she said it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. She said, I know I would be happier if I exercised. And here's the weird thing. When I was in high school, I never missed track practice. I was on the track team. I never missed track practice. So why can't I go running now? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, why not? It's the same person. It's the same behavior. At one time, she had no trouble showing up. Now she can't do it. How do you explain that? And then I started seeing other patterns, like some people, when I would talk to them about New Year's resolutions, they would say something like, well, I would keep a resolution when it made sense to me, but I would not wait for January 1st because January 1st is an arbitrary date. Mm-hmm. And they all use that phrase, arbitrary date. And I thought, that's funny because the arbitrariness of January 1st doesn't really bother me. Like, that never really caught me up, but for some reason. And then I was writing at that point a book about habit change, my book Better Than Before. Mm-hmm. And, like, some people, like, I love the idea of habits. I find them freeing and energizing. I'm very drawn and which is probably why I decided to write a book about them because I love the idea of habits. But some people would say to me, like, why would you ever write a book about such a loathsome subject? Like, mm-hmm. what a downer. Why would you do that? <laughs> and that? And seeing these patterns out in the world, I was like, something is binding these things together. I can't figure it out, but something explains why certain people are responding the way they are. And it took me so much, it like practically melted my brain, um, it was so hard, but then I realized I, I finally realized that this idea of expectation is really at the heart of these patterns. And I took your test, and I have to mm. tell you, you were a thousand percent right in describing oh. me. And we'll talk about that in a moment because I want to back up and just talk about what these four tendencies are. Yeah. You label them upholders, 
questioners, obligers, and rebels. Can you yeah. give us a brief description of each? Yeah. So there is a quiz online. If you go to happiercast.com slash quiz, you can take a quiz. Like 1.3 million people have taken this quiz. It's free. It's quick. Mm -hmm. um, but most people, I'll give you a brief description, and most people know what they are just from hearing the description. It's not that hard to figure out what you are. So it all has to depend on how you respond to expectations. And all of us face two kinds of expectations. Outer expectations, which are like a work deadline, a request from a friend, things that come to us from the outside. And then we also have inner expectations, my own desire to keep a New Year's resolution, my own desire to do more practicing guitar. That comes from within. So your tendency is how those outer and inner expectations combine. So upholders readily meet outer and inner expectations. So they meet the work deadline, they keep the New Year's resolution without much fuss. Mm -hmm. They want to know what other people expect from them, but their expectations for themselves are just as important. Then there are questioners. Questioners question all expectations. They'll do something if they think it makes sense. So they're making everything an inner expectation. If it meets their inner standard, they will do it, no problem. If it fails their inner standard, they will resist. And they typically object to anything arbitrary, inefficient, irrational. They always want to know, why should I? Then there are obligers. Obligers readily meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet inner expectations. And this is my friend on the track team. When she had a team and a coach expecting her to show up, she had no trouble going. But when she was just trying to go on her own, it was a challenge. Mm -hmm. And then finally, rebels. Rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. They want to do what they want to do in their own way, in their own time. They can do anything they want to do. They can do anything they choose to do. But if you ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to resist. And typically, they don't even like to tell themselves what to do. Like, they wouldn't sign up for a 10 a.m. yoga class because on Saturday, because they're like, I don't know what I'm going to want to do at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Like, why would I say I'm going to show up? And, and even the fact that someone's expecting me to be there annoys me. So those are the four. So when I took your test, I am an obliger, and I know I am. Mm. It's always mm. been important to me what other people think. But now, mm. at this point in my life, I'm working very hard to change that. So mm. can we fit into more than one category? Is there mm. always a dominant one? And can this be changed? Well, it's interesting that you're an obliger because that is the largest tendency. That's the one for both men and women. That's the one the biggest number of people fit into. And so and because you are speaking to so many people, that's great because it's like what you're saying is something going to resonate with a lot of people. My tendency, the upholder tendency, is really small. Uh, Rebel is the smallest and upholder is only slightly bigger. So you're in the biggest tendency. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I really do believe these are hardwired. I think that this is part of your, the genetic roots of your personality. You bring it into the world with you. It's not something that's nurture. It's not birth order. It's not generation. It's, it's just part of who you are. And I think that for most people that stays. Now, and, and, and part of what I really want to do with the four tendencies is that I, I think often people think they need to change or they want to change or they need to fix something about them. And my view is like, you're fine the way you are. You just need to set up a situation in a different way so that you can get where you want to go. So for instance, obliger, and again, they're the biggest tendency, so they matter a lot in the world. Mm -hmm. Obligers readily meet outer expectations, so they struggle to meet inner expectations. And many obligers will say to me, I don't want to be dependent on outer expectations. I want to find inner motivation. I feel weak that I need this outer accountability. I need to find it within myself. And my view is kind of like, well, why? Why bother? That sounds like a lot of work. It might never be possible. But there's a quick, easy solution for obligers, which is create outer accountability. If you want to read more, join a book group. If you want to exercise, take a class, work out with a trainer, take your dog for a run, who's going to be so disappointed, 
Work out with a friend who will be annoyed if you don't show up. Think about your duty to be a role model of some, for someone else. Think about your duty to your future self. That works for a lot of obligers. There's a million ways to plug in outer accountability. And once they have outer accountability, obligers find it much easier to follow through. So I'm like, I would just take the quick, easy way and get where you want to go instead of trying to do a lot of like thinking that you need to change. Because in my observation, it's much easier to change circumstances than it is to change ourselves. So that's information to help us understand ourselves better. How can we use this information to understand those around us to relate with them better? Well, it's it's super helpful because I think one of the things that's just part of human nature, so I certainly experience this myself all the time, which is that it's very easy to assume that other people see the world the way, the way you do, or they respond to things the way you do. And Understanding how people of different tendencies are very different can help you understand why it's not that they're right and you're wrong or that they're right and you're wrong. It's just that you have a different view. So just to take some really obvious examples, a problem for questioners, adult questioners and child questioners, is that many people get annoyed or drained or overwhelmed by their questions. And like you can be on a work team where everybody's like, man, what's your problem? Like we've been talking about this for 45 minutes. Everybody else is on board. Why do you keep slowing us down with all these questions? They don't, you know, it's like, but to a questioner, it's like, this is valuable. This is important. I'm not going to just go along with this change unless I understand, like, why this makes sense. And that's actually good for everyone. Why should everybody in this workplace do this work if it's not clear why? So it's really a helpful thing. But if I'm a thin-skinned boss, I might feel like, well, you're not a team player. You're questioning my judgment. You're challenging my authority. Or I'm a a child questioner, and I say to my teacher, I don't understand why I need to memorize the multiplication tables because I can look that up on my phone in like a fraction of the time and get 100% correct answer. So why do I need to memorize it? Well, if I'm a teacher and I say things like because all fourth graders have to memorize it or all 10-year-olds have to memorize it or because I'm the teacher and I say so, mm-hmm. that's not going to be legitimate to a questioner. A questioner needs justification. And it's been very poignant to me to hear from questioners where literally if someone had taken 10 minutes and said, This is why we're requiring this of you. This is why we want you to write this book report. This is why we want you to do these drills in soccer. If they would get that, they'd be like, fine, no problem. I'm with your program. But when they're not given those answers, they won't. And so if you understand that someone's a questioner, you can help them get the answers that they need um, without taking it personally and, and seeing that once they have those answers, they will. It's not that they're just being obstructionist. It's that they need answers. Or say, like, I'm in a polder, and one of the things about a polder is they don't need a lot of supervision. They don't need a lot of accountability. They're pretty inner-driven. There's a lot of good things to that, but there's downsides, too. All of the tendencies have upsides and downsides. But one of the things that I realized is that often I was impatient or not understanding why people needed their questions answered or why they needed specific accountability or where they needed a lot of choice and freedom. Because my view is, like, this is what needs to get done. Everybody just get with the program and get it done. Because that's what I do. My husband asked me to do something, like, oh, hey, honey, can you go get the mortgage papers? I'm like, okay, fine. I don't need to know why. I don't really care. And I don't even really want to be slowed down. But if I have my husband to get the mortgage papers, he's going to be like, why do you need them? Mm -hmm. That might have annoyed me or, you know, or an obliger. If I said like, hey, when you have a few minutes, will you do this for me? Well, to an obliger, that might be like, is that even a real request? Like, what is that? That's just like too unbounded. It's just floating out in the world. Or to a rebel, you know, because I love to-do lists and checklists and schedules. I, upholders tend to really like that kind of thing. But rebels don't. They like to be spontaneous and do things in their own way when they want to. So if I were working with a rebel or I had a rebel child or a rebel spouse, I might say like, we need to commit. Let's plan ahead. Let's figure out what we're going to get done. And I might be really frustrated with a rebel who's like, 
I don't want to commit. I wanted, like, why can't we just figure out what seems right at the time? Like, to me, that's like, that's crazy talk. Mm-hmm. But to a rebel, that's how they like to work. And it's not that one person's right and one person's wrong. It's just that you have to understand, okay, well, given who I am and what you, who you are, how do we work it out so that we both have what we need to, to survive and thrive? Can we use this information as a metric to create perhaps a better romantic relationship mm. or our yeah. business partner? Absolutely. Well, that's a very interesting question. And the most striking pattern um, is one that involves obligers, your tendency. Mm-hmm. So when you have a rebel who's paired up, whether that's in a romantic relationship or like in a partnership, like there's two founders who started a business or there's two partners like at an agency or something like that. If one of them is a rebel, almost always the other one is an obliger. That is by far the most dominant pattern and the most and the easiest patterns. If you have a rebel, the, the, the other partner is an obliger. Now, I'm not saying that, that you never see um, exceptions to that because you do, mm-hmm. but, um, but that is the most consistent pattern that you see. The, the pattern that tends to be the most difficult is an upholder and a rebel. Now, again, I, I know people who are business partners and romantic partners where it's an upholder and a rebel, but they really have very different approaches to the world. They... They just value different things. They, they want to set up their time in different ways. And so that tends to be something where it's very hard to make it work. Not that it's impossible, but it's tough because they just, they're very, you know, upholders readily meet outer and inner expectations and rebels re- resist outer and inner expectations. So there's not that much overlap in their approach. The book is The Four Tendencies, The Indispensable Personality Profiles That Reveal How to Make Your Life Better and Other People's Lives Better Too. If you'd like to get more information about Gretchen and her work, you can visit her website, GretchenRubin.com. Gretchen, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? You know, I really think that when you think about how to be happier, healthier, more productive, more creative, I think the, the, the answer is to know yourself. It's not to think that there's a magic one-size-fits-all solution, that if something works for someone else, it should work for you, or if something works for you, it should work for someone else. It's really about thinking about yourself. When have I succeeded in the past? What appeals to me? What are the conditions that allow me to thrive? I think when we really think about what's true for ourselves, and try, instead of trying to fit ourselves into some kind of model, that's when we can figure out the way to get the life we want. Gretchen, thank you so much for joining us and for providing information that can help us improve every area of our life. Understanding these tendencies can certainly be a game changer for us, so thank you for being here. Thank you. This is Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life has a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life 24-7. Visit CYACYL.com. And be sure to tell your friends.
June is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. A diagnosis of a degenerative neurological disease, such as dementia, affects not just the individual, but his or her family and community as well. Hi, I'm Gail Gruenberg, CPOCD, Chief Executive Organizer of Let's Get Organized. As a professional organizing firm, we help clients organize their lives as well as their homes. People with dementia may have problems with short-term memory, keeping track of a purse or wallet, paying bills, planning and preparing meals, remembering appointments, or traveling out of the neighborhood. Being organized can be of huge benefit to the person who has been diagnosed and his or her support team. Once a diagnosis is made, the first thing you can do is get educated. Learn as much as you can about the disease and how you can support your loved one. Next, get organized in order to create peace of mind. Arrange for a single point person to oversee the care of your loved one. Gather important information. Make a list of all doctors, medications, bank and investment accounts, life insurance policies, and safe deposit boxes, as well as access codes and keys. Make sure all important documents are in place. Check that beneficiary information is up to date. Create systems to manage space, time, and finances that serve your loved one as well as his or her caregivers. Update these systems as the disease progresses and needs change. Need help creating and implementing systems to support a diagnosis? Call me, Gail Gruenberg, of Let's Get Organized at 201-364-6833 or visit my website at lgorganized.com. Do you ever look in the mirror and think, where did the old me go? You see yourself, but don't recognize the reflection staring back at you. Hi, I'm Renee Jensen, founder of My Time Out, an organization and community that supports positive mental health and wellness among mothers. Today, let me be the voice inside your head, reminding you that you are not just a mom. Does the reflection upset you? Is the exterior affecting how you feel about yourself on the inside? The old you wouldn't look so tired. She wouldn't still be wearing the stained t-shirt from yesterday. You became a mom. The old you had more time to take care of herself. The new you had to change, adapt, and reprioritize. You are not just a mom. You are an EMT, a negotiator, a chef, an entertainer, an artist, a cop, a therapist. The list goes on and on. You are the CEO of your own domain. Stand proud and say, I am a VIP. The mirror does not reflect an empty shell of the woman I used to be. Stare into the mirror and repeat after me, I am strong, I am beautiful, I am resilient, I am important. Practice these affirmations every day. Change your mindset and the reflection will change along with it. Remember, my friend, you are not just a mom. For more mommy tips, visit MyTimeOut.com or on Facebook at MyTimeOutLLC. Albert Einstein once said, Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Those who understand it, earn it. Those who don't, pay it. Now, whether or not Einstein actually uttered those words, they are definitely wise words of wisdom to live by. Putting money away and investing it, it's not always easy. It takes discipline to create a savings goal and sticking to it. And now, before investing, you want to make sure you have enough to pay your bills as well as an emergency fund to cover three to six months of your living expenses. The rule of 72 states that a 10% investment will take approximately 7.3 years to double. Now, the average rate of return of the market historically is around, you guessed it, 10%. You may not realize it, but over time, this is a secret to wealth building. The earlier you start, the more potential you have to fund your retirement, your freedom, or your life goals. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme, but it's about using your skill set to create life leverage. 
Everybody has different goals, time frames, and risk tolerances. So if you've mastered your budget and don't know where to start, talk to a financial professional to help you discover who you are and where you want to go. My name is Alfred Cantalina of SurePath Wealth, helping to arm people with knowledge to live a greater life. your health. Joining me today is Dr. Lorraine Maida, a functional and integrative medicine physician who practices anti-aging medicine, executive health, hormone replacement therapy, and weight management. She is the author of Vibrance for Life, How to Live Younger and Healthier. Dr. Maida is here today to discuss the most overlooked causes of weight loss. Welcome, Dr. Maida. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. Dr. Mita, obesity and being overweight is such a prevalent issue in our society today. I know you help a lot of people lose weight. Why is weight loss so hard? Joan, we live very fast-paced lives that are stressful. We eat on the run, we don't get enough sleep, and we're exposed to toxins, all of which cause weight gain. You know, lack of sleep is a very overlooked issue. If you don't sleep enough, it can disrupt the hormones that cause elevation of cortisol, which causes weight gain. It makes you fat, flabby, flaky, foggy, fatigued, and forgetful. Inflammation is also very prevalent and causes weight gain. And a significant source of this inflammation is the food that we eat. Some foods just have been genetically modified and can be difficult to digest. This causes inflammation in the gut and people develop sensitivities to food. Toxins are another factor that's an overlooked cause of weight gain. Things like herbicides, pesticides, phthalates, parabens, fragrance, all of our personal care products contain some of these chemicals. There's also chemicals in our furniture, our clothing, the building materials, and they're called obesogens because they disrupt hormones and the obesogens make you fat. So then, doctor, what can we do to fix this problem? Well, first of all, I, I like to help people uncover food sensitivities. I have a process in the Shake, Bacon, Salad, Slim Down, which is really an elimination diet. I help them eliminate the 10 most troublesome foods just for two weeks, see what the difference is, and then reintroduce them one at a time to see if they're sensitive to anything. And sugar, wheat, dairy are the, you know, usually the top culprits. And it doesn't mean you can't have them again. It just means you have them less frequently in smaller quantities. And during that elimination diet, I also help them remove toxins by giving them herbs because toxins make you fat. So we're decreasing inflammation by decreasing food sensitivities and we're decreasing the toxins that make you fat. The third thing I do is help people with good sleep hygiene. You know, we all know about sleeping in a cool, dark, quiet room, but people don't realize there's a lot on your mind. So writing down your to-do list before going to bed and writing out sort of a strategy, like here's what I'm going to take care of, here's what I'm going to delegate, here's what I'm going to ask for guidance. If you have this running in your head at night, you can stop that by saying, oh, I wrote it down. And then things like using essential oils such as lavender, calming herbs, or magnesium, or Epsom salt baths can also calm you down so you get a good night's sleep, which helps you lose weight. Doctor, can you provide any resources that can help us? Yes. My favorite resource is the Environmental Working Group. Their website is ewg.org. They have a lot of apps and resources that help you choose which foods have the most pesticides, 
so you can avoid them, and which ones have the least so you don't have to always buy everything organic. There are also guides on, on choosing good personal care products and water filters. There's so much information on that site, and it's very, very helpful. I also do a lot of research on products because people are always asking me for my recommendations. So what I decided to do is just post them on my website under Dr. Lorraine's favorite things. You can just go to my website, howtoliveyounger.com, and I help people get some discounts on organic products, supplements, and anything that can help them improve their health. Dr. Mita, thank you so much for being here. If you would like to learn more about this topic, if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Mita, if you'd like to get some of her recommendations, you can visit her website, howtoliveyounger.com. We'll be right back. Do you know that babies receive chiropractic adjustments? My name is Dr. Michael Magwood, and I'm a chiropractor representing Pure Balance Center with offices in New York City and Clifton, New Jersey. So at what age is appropriate for a child to be checked? And the answer is immediately from birth. Well, wait, that sounds scary. What about the force of an adjustment on a baby? Is it safe? Burping a baby or even hugging a baby is profoundly more physical than a pediatric chiropractic adjustment. A chiropractic adjustment completely changes the way the brain communicates to a developing body. That's what's so profound about a family bringing a child. The chiropractic check determines exactly what's going on neurologically and structurally in a beautifully developing spine. I'm Dr. Magwood, here for wellness in chiropractic for families, including those newborn babies. For more information, find us at purebalancecenter.com. Essential oils have many health and emotional benefits. Lavender is the most common oil used these days for its powerful antioxidant, calming, and antidepressive benefit, while oregano is designed to fight bacterial infections. Oregano oil is a powerful plant-based essential oil that has been proven to be as effective as some antibiotics, but it is unlikely to cause the harmful side effects that are commonly attributed to the use of regular prescribed antibiotics. Peppermint is another powerful oil that is known to help with sore muscles, soothe indigestion issues, boost energy, and relieve headaches. Hi, I am Nancy Barrett, owner and founder of the Peace Within Spa and Wellness Center. For more information, please visit our website at thepeacewithinspa.com. Namaste. You've put your heart and soul into writing a book, and you know your message is powerful. You've made a substantial financial investment in getting the project done, and you have a beautiful publication with your name on the cover. So, how do you reach your potential readers? Introducing the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life Book Club, a resource guide created for books that change lives. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life is a respected and trusted source for empowering information and resources. A book featured on the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life website and in the digital magazine gets recognized. You will be in front of a very targeted audience, people who want to know what you have to say. Participation in the book club includes a listing in the website online book club, a listing in the digital magazine, and a listing in the online speaker directory. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life includes the work of some of the most inspirational and influential authors in the world. Shouldn't you be there too? Let's get started. 
For more information, visit cyacyl.com backslash book club advertising. That's cyacyl.com backslash book club advertising. The Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life book club, created for books that change lives. In a moment, cancer changed our lives forever. At this moment, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is saving lives with pioneering research and care. And we'll never have to pay St. Jude for anything, ever. At this moment, she wants to be in her own bed. I want to be back at school with my friends. I want to be outside playing. Please take a moment and visit stjude.org today. joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. While on the site, listen to Pasha's On Demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.